Sunnival fans, it is a Friday edition of the Locked on Sunnival's podcast. Joined today by one of our great friends returning to the podcast, Donnie Drone from All uh, SI for the Sunnivals page. Today we're going to be talking specifically about National Signing Day, kind of rounding up uh, any new faces on the Sunnivals team, uh, rounding up who they have entered to the transfer portal uh, so far. Then talking about an exclusive interview Donnie caught with Rashad White, who was also on our podcast last Friday. If you have not seen that episode, make sure to go back and see that. And then also finishing this up with a final preview against USC, getting Donnie's thoughts on that game as they play them Thursday night, a hashtag Pac-12 after dark. You're listening to the Locked on Sunnivals podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Friday. Richie, stop dancing. You're, you're distracting me. Let me start all the way back over from the top. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Friday uh, on this Locked On Edition, or Locked On Sunnivals Edition of the podcast. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios. You can find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36. You can find our good friend Donnie Druin at Donnie Druin. Uh, and then you can also find our Locked On Sunnivals Twitter page. That's at LO underscore Sundevils. We have content that comes out Monday through Friday for you guys. So make sure you hit the subscribe button. Never miss an episode. Uh, that way you get a notification saying, hey, Locked on Sun of Us has given you something new that we are talking about today. Uh, so we, you can get that through Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, Stitcher, uh, and now YouTube as well. Uh, we're going to jump right into today with some essentially some news around National Signing Day. So uh, as you guys have known or, or maybe you have not heard, ASU has been adding players like crazy through the transfer portal trying to essentially recuperate some of the talent that they've lost on their team, either due to, to players graduating, entering the transfer portal on their own team, whatever that might be. Uh, let, let's get into it, guys. Uh, Richie, Donnie, I'll open this up to you. Uh, any of the new things you want to talk about specifically first that are going to be sub levels in 2022? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think we're, we got a lot of grad transfers that are coming in. So hopefully sure. what you got there is you're bringing in a little bit of veteran leadership that you're going to be losing a lot of, especially on the defensive side of the football. But I feel like you're bringing in a lot of really talented guys. I'm very excited about the guys like Zazavian, Valaday, and I like the upside of a Rodney Gross. Uh, we got some offensive linemen that are coming in as well. So I, I like the additions that we made, especially through the transfer portal side of things. Let's uh, let's maybe quickly recap some of the players that we've already talked about, whether it's been over the last month or so, kind of as they've trickled in here and there. Uh, so Emmett Bull was the Division II offensive lineman that is transferring over from Northern State. Uh, I don't remember the exact statistic, and it's going to bother me now, but we haven't had a Division II player transfer. Uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to uh, botch this number, but I want to say like at least twenty some years. Um, it's so it's been kind quite of quite a, a long time. Yep. It's been a very long time regardless for the Sun Devils. So that was a big piece. And he, from what I'm understanding, he's expected to start. Uh, it's, it's, they seem to like him that much. So we'll kind of see where that goes and how they shift players along the offensive line. Rodney Gross from Mississippi State, who's going to play a linebacker potentially alongside Eric Gentry and maybe Connor Soley. Uh, so we'll kind of see where he fits in. Uh, we've talked about Des Holmes a little bit, who's going to be another um, offensive line, or sorry, uh, no, offensive line piece from Penn State. who's going to be transferring mm -hmm. Uh, Nesta Jade Silvera, defensive lineman from Miami. We've talked about him before. Former four-star prospect, so hopefully gives us a little bit of a boost along that already what is hopefully a stout defensive line. 
Uh, we talked about Paul Tyson, uh, maybe the quarterback to be post Jaden Daniels. Uh, that's yet to be seen, but he's the quarterback transfer from Alabama. Messiah Swinson, tight end uh, from Missouri, who we're hoping can step in. Uh, and then finally, one of our, our favorite players transfer, uh, maybe the biggest get of the offseason, but it's Xavier Valade, running back from Wyoming, going to fill out what will be uh, hopefully another three-headed monster for the Sun Devils team. Now, with that being said, uh, let's maybe break down some of the other names we haven't talked about. Uh, starting with maybe uh, Blazon Lono Wong, who's a freshman from, uh, he, he's from uh, Hawaii. I'm going to butcher his high school name, so forgive me here, but uh, uh, gosh, does somebody else want to take a stab at it? Because I'm going to embarrass myself. So hopefully somebody else can embarrass themselves uh, instead. Kalua, Kaiua, something. I would, I would assume Kalua. He is it from a high school in Hawaii, uh, but he's going to be an incoming freshman along the defensive line. Gentlemen, do we have any initial thoughts on him other than his last name? Uh, phenomenal last name, first and foremost. I haven't gotten the opportunity to watch them very, very much. But, I mean, anytime you can get a guy who's 6'4", 240 along the defensive line, you're really banking on uh, those traits coming through. And um, especially for a Sun Devils team that has uh, lacked the ability to consistently put pressure on the passer along the front four, at least on the uh, on the defensive end side of things. Um, here's to hoping he, you know, somewhat changed that uh, that trend that's kind of developed in recent years, but not a whole lot. I mean, he was the only freshman um, in the uh, the actual like national signing day class, not the early one that happened um, a couple months ago. But for uh, February second, the Wednesday, um, Arizona State welcomed eleven players, and he was the only one coming out of high school. So I, I thought that was very interesting. So uh, one of a kind, I guess you could say. Yeah. So my biggest thing, if he's got the tribal tattoos, then I am. All for it because for whatever reason those hawaii kids and the samoan kids that got their tribal tattoos and everything like that feels like at that point they're like solidified studs especially on the defensive side of the ball but jokes of scott uh, excuse me jokes aside like donnie said i think we just need some bodies up in the front seven especially the front four to help generate some pass rush because remember we went five games without getting a sack so that's got to change there needs to be a winning formula there Hopefully this kid will be part of the part of the puzzle and one of the missing pieces to finally get all of that solidified. Definitely. I think the defensive line is going to be the biggest, uh, or I should say maybe the most exciting part of the defense, uh, obviously getting uh, Jermaine Lole coming back, uh, Trevez Moore having some upside from uh, uh, BJ Green, Omar Norman Lott, and then also getting some potentially exciting players through the transfer portal. Um, if everybody's healthy, not that everybody is ever healthy, uh, but just the potential along that defensive line is definitely something that we're looking forward to. Uh, now let's maybe talk about Chris Edmonds, who is a safety uh, coming over to Arizona State. Um, he is from the Stanford Bulldogs. But interestingly enough, earlier, before he transferred with us, he was also uh, with the Buffalo Bulls. Uh, and then within, a, within about a matter of two weeks, transferred to ASU. So I'm not quite sure what happened with the Buffalo Bulls and why he committed from them so quickly. Um, but now it looks like Arizona State's getting a 215-pound safety uh, to maybe fill the void of uh, Evan Fields or um, uh, Pierce. Yeah, and let's not forget, too, um, really great timing with that because safety Tristan Dunn um, out of the 2022 class, <clears throat> excuse me, had actually decommitted the night prior to National Shining Day. So the, the, the Devils kind of, Sun Devils, excuse me, um, kind of swapped a one-for-one -one trade, at least at the safety position. And uh, it, at least with Edmonds, you're getting a guy who has already played two years at somewhat of a – you know, collegiate level. Um, apparently he's one of the top FCS safeties, um, you know, coming into Arizona State with two years left of uh, eligibility. So 
I mean, especially in the secondary where you're losing two safeties and, you know, it's kind of a, not even a guessing game, but just more so like who's going to step up and fill the void that guys like Evan Fields have uh, left last year. Then, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, anytime you can get a seasoned experienced guy coming out of the transfer portal, it's never a quote-unquote bad thing. And I know a lot of people might be concerned with the amount of like talent level and like discrepancy he may have faced when playing at Samford as opposed to, you know, playing – USC or Washington, Oregon, or, you know, whoever Arizona State might be playing that week. If you could play, you could play. Um, so, you know, here's to hoping the athletic profile fits and he'll be able to sign, find, excuse me, somewhat of a playing time moving forward. Yeah. So if you're talking about quality of play there, I'm not going to lie. Like, guys, it's not that some of these transfers don't get me excited, but until I actually see production on the field, they just feel like names. I, I can look at their history and see what they've done, but. It's, it's going to be a what have you done for me lately kind of thing. How can they come step into what will be uh, a new defensive scheme going into 2022, uh, 2023? Uh, how, how can they produce for Arizona State? Because the defense, uh, while they may not have lived up to all the expectations maybe we thought they would, um, definitely a very solid unit last year. A lot of pieces essentially to be put into a puzzle. Are they going to have all the pieces they need? Yet to be seen. So uh, at least some exciting opportunities for these names, but... I'm not going to, I shouldn't say I'm not going to uh, question specific people. I'm going to question everybody until I know exactly what role there is uh, going to be for them on the Sun Devils team. Uh, I think one of the last things that we didn't need to talk about, or sorry, need to talk about uh, is uh, uh, Jaleel Rivera, Harvey, a defensive lineman from East Los Angeles uh, College. I think he is the last name. Chris Martinez, I think is a name I didn't touch on when I ran through the list. Uh, he is a offensive lineman from San Diego State, who we did touch on, I think, earlier in December. So, uh, any thoughts um, on that last prospect uh, for uh, Rivera, uh, Rivera Harvey? So I haven't seen the whole, whole lot of uh, Rivera Harvey, but I mean, just looking at his build, 295 pounds. I mean, that's a big boy. So, you know, you better be able to either do one of two things. One, you know, get into the, get into the backfield or two, uh, clog rushing lanes. And so, you know, we'll see what he has going from community college kind of applies uh, the same logic with, you know, the, the safety from Samford coming in you know sure you could do it against lesser competition but you know pac 12 power five football it's a whole another ball game so we'll definitely see um the chris martinez transfer though is at least a little bit more interesting because he has the experience at san diego state um you know he has that uh, versatility to play multiple positions throughout basically the the entire offensive line especially in the interior as well and i think the sun devils really you know value uh that sort of player um, they, they, they went and got, they lost three starters along the defensive line, you know, after this season, then they went and got three more, uh, potential starters at least heading into the new year. So, I mean, uh, hopefully they're reloading and not rebuilding at least along the offensive line, but I think Martinez is a fine transfer. And then I think, um, whenever it comes to a Rivera Harvey, the jury's still going to have to be out on him. Definitely. Let's move on to the second part of the podcast today. Uh, our friend Donnie Druin did get uh, an interview with Rashad White. Uh, so we're going to talk about that in a little bit more detail. Maybe talk about what we had also reiterated on Friday's edition of the podcast and how excited we are for him and his NFL future. But before that, we have to talk to you about our good friends over at Bet Online. Yeah, Bet Online has you guys covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues its march through the playoffs with the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains your best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, 
NFL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates on current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online where the game starts. So now you guys have been in Mobile, Alabama for the last couple of days. I understand there was some weather that had canceled today's, or I shouldn't say canceled. I've said that multiple times now. It moved the practice to an indoor facility, which you guys unfortunately did not get to see. But you at least saw several days of Rashad White. I'll at least open this first part up to you, uh, either of you. Initial thoughts on Rashad White. Does he look like he fits what the NFL is looking for? He is not just what we as maybe some Sundable fans, uh, people that have gotten to watch him all season long, right? We're not just hyping him up for no reason, right? But he looks like the real deal on the football field. Yeah, 100%, Connor. So the one thing that really stood out to him this week was the receiving ability. Just looks so comfortable, very natural receiver compared to some of the other running backs. And that's not to say those guys can't catch, but I mean, Rashad just looks like just light years ahead of them in terms of natural receiving ability, which isn't a surprise to us. He also looked pretty explosive. Again, he's not the guy who's going to beat you in a track in a track race, but he is very explosive. Once he kind of gets that crease, blows right through it. And then clearly we know the rest of the details about this kid. Rashad White's very good. He's got to be one of the biggest winners this week, regardless of any personal bias that we might have with them. I think that Rashad White who did have a few lumps here and there overall had a very, very good Super Bowl week. <clears throat> I think when you mentioned the lumps there, uh, how, how could he not, right? These guys are kids, right? I say they're kids when realistically we're only uh, a couple of years older than them. Uh, but like in, in terms of the NFL, they're kids, right? 20, <clears throat> 22, maybe 23 or four, depending on how long people have been in college or with the COVID season and whatnot. But uh, there, there's so much information for these guys to take in, right? Uh, learning uh, probably a, I don't want to say a dumbed down playbook, but I'm sure not what they're used to handling at their own university. Regardless, it's new plays, right? They're dealing with, uh, in Rashad's case, he's taking handoffs from another quarterback, working with diff different offensive linemen, taking passes from another quarterback. A lot, a lot is changing for him. So for him to have uh, some lumps or at least mistakes throughout the week, not a huge surprise there. Uh, Donnie, anything else to offer for kind of your, your insight on what has, what Rashad White has done on the football field this week? Yeah, I feel like his uh, his first practice he kind of got off to a bit of a not a rocky start, but a bit of a slow start compared to uh, the other running backs. I mean, we were watching him field punts, and I think it was the first one that he like bobbled a, a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it, to be fair, at least whenever it came to special teams, not a lot went his way, or at least like in his favor. Um, the first times we watched him run a couple like one on one, uh, you know, route running drills against like a linebackers of safeties. Um, he didn't exactly uh, jump off of the page on his first couple of tries, but I mean, once he, it looked like once he got comfortable and once he got his feet settled and kind of like what you and Richie already touched on, um, just kind of like getting back into the the flow, the rhythm. Because you have to remember, it's been a while since you've actually played football, right? Like you know, sure. um, so you, you do need to kind of dust off. Uh, you know, a little bit of the rust, I, I guess you can put it that way. But I mean, once he finally got going, I mean, at, at least the people we've talked to, I mean, have raved about Rashad White and, you know, exactly like what, what Richie touched on, excuse me, his receiving ability has definitely stood out. But I, I watched him win um, a couple of different pass pro uh, scenarios too, going yes. up and blocking linebackers. So I think that would definitely help his cause into, uh, you know, making the case for him potentially being a, a three down back heading into the NFL. So um, but there's a lot to like about Rashad White. I definitely do think he is 
I don't want to say drastically, uh, very much so helped his draft stock by coming here to Mobile. And, you know, it, it sounds like he was having a blast in all of the interviews that he had. So and it, it was, it's a win-win for him. Definitely. Um, well, let's dig into your interview with him, Donnie. Um, did you get to ask him a ton of questions? Are there some specific questions maybe that you want to call out? I, I think anytime we get to that face-to-face interaction with uh, maybe some of our listeners' favorite Sun Devils from this past season, definitely got to talk about that. So, so maybe uh, give us, how, how did your interview go? Maybe some of your favorite questions you got to ask. Um, it, it went pretty good. The The setup for a media day was very weird. Um, it's kind of like they were sure. all in like the middle of this like big um, like lobby. And we just had to like call somebody over to be like, hey, like I want to interview Rashad. Uh, but like there were like the, the amount of like media that outnumbered the assistants was like very, very large or very, very small. So um, Noah Strachbein, the uh, Sports Illustrated publisher for All Steelers, was actually the one that was able to get Rashad White over to one of us and started talking to him. So you guys, um, know I, you just drafted Najee Harris, right? I shouldn't say you guys, but the Steelers did. Yeah, so, yeah. No, stop, I, 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 stop I, I, being greedy. Well, wait, wait, wait. You you guys already have a, a, a ASU legend on your team. Kalen you have Balazs. Kalen Balage. That's right. Yep. And you yeah, can take. I, I, <laughs> no, nah, we'll, we'll see. I, I'd rather have Rashad White of Cameron Blige at this point, but um, I didn't really get to ask him any groundbreaking questions because, I, I mean, I'm sure he's heard every question underneath the sun, um, especially with the, the 40 minutes he spent with you guys last week. I'm sure you guys really kind of rank him in terms of, you know, squeezing every bit of information out. We didn't find out if he was a cat person or dog person, so mm. you never know, right? We didn't ask him the, the, the questions on the dot of, like, would you rather do this or that? That has nothing to do with the NFL. We did not get into those kinds of questions, and I regret every second of it. I will say he did say he wants to stay here in Arizona, uh, mm-hmm. mostly because of the fact that he was not too thrilled about maybe moving to another team. But mm-hmm. uh, as a, a Cardinal fan, uh, I would love a backfield of Rashad White and Eno Benjamin. James Conner, I guess, was pretty good this last season from what <clears> I understand. <throat> so uh, would definitely be all for that. So, uh, Donnie, maybe give us your opinion on on his mood, like, Richie and I can attest, he was very, and in his own words, he was very even keeled. Uh, Richie had asked him a question about what was your reaction to getting the the invite from Jim Nagy and getting the opportunity to go to the Senior Bowl. And essentially his answer was that he was definitely excited about it, but his his thoughts and everything he does are in the moment, what's right now versus what's up next. And I I think (laughs) Richie and I were probably much more excited about that than maybe he was at the time, but... Did yep. he give off that same kind of vibe as he's just trying to, he, to do what he can? He almost moment? he almost said that verbatim to me. So that, that's, <clears> that's yeah. why I laughed, just in terms of like being in the moment and stuff. Um, so these these guys are going through a lot whenever it just comes like waking up early for practice, going through team interviews, going through X, Y, and Z, just over and over <laughs> again. So we we get there Monday. Uh, media day started at like somewhere between like seven or eight o'clock. And like, I, I know those guys were up super late just, you know, going through like team interviews and meeting with like agents and like all that good stuff. So I don't expect any of those guys to be in like a great mood, but like from what I could tell Rashad was pretty all right. Um, it, it was a lot of the same kind of like body language that he gave off in your guys' interview with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, he was, he was neither like jumping off the page, excited to be interviewed, but he was also like, he, he managed to answer like my questions um, but I mean, he's, he's a college kid. He's not going to sit there and give me some gold that I can put on scripture and every, everybody's going to love it for the end of time, you know? So, you know, you do have to do your due diligence as a journalist to kind of 
I was able to ask him um, what his favorite candy was, you know, because I'm like, hey, like you're at the Reese's Senior Bowl. Do you have a favorite candy? And he's like, you know, I don't like sweets a whole lot, but I do like Sour Patch Kids and Haribo Gummy Bears. So a little insight for you guys right there. Um, but just focusing on like the the quote unquote real questions. I oh, that's a up, real question. Oh, oh that, yeah. That's sure. a very important question to ask. Um, Reese's is the best candy, so I, I don't, oh, I don't understand. It is. 1,000%. Yeah, Sour candy. Sour candy. Um, and I had asked him because uh, he had quote tweeted a tweet uh, from, I believe, uh, Brad Denny that had kind of listed all of the rankings from uh, Mel Kuyper's latest batch of positional yep. rankings for the 2022 draft. They had Rashad White running back six, six. and he quoted it with like a like a couple of laughing faces. I'm like, hey, like, what do you think of that? And he's like, I just thought it was funny. And he was kind of going back to what you had mentioned earlier. It's like, um, you know, he doesn't worry about anything else. He doesn't worry about what team he's going to. Although he, he wouldn't give me any good info, like what teams he met with. He just told me he had met with 16 of the 32 teams, which is probably drastically increased by the time people are listening to this. Um, but I think my favorite thing he said was, I'm here to prove myself right. And I'm here to prove other people wrong. And I'm like, that's a really good attitude for somebody to have, for somebody to carry. Because everybody here at Arizona State, everybody on the West Coast, everybody who watches Pac-12 football, they knew who Rashad White is. You know, um, The entire conference is very well aware of how good Rashad White is. The rest of the country is not. The rest of the country is not staying up late to watch Pac-12 after dark. Um, so whenever whenever these kind of guys get a chance to play in the bowl game, like the Reese's Senior Bowl, um, you need to take advantage of the opportunity. And this is a very, very big week. And I think Rashad knew it, and I think he took this week by the horns. Richie, you're calling people losers for not, like, watching Pac-12 after dark. You guys you guys yeah. now get to experience that East Coast, like, vibe two hours ahead with a 9 o'clock uh, Mountain Standard Time tip-off for ASU. 11-hour time. Yep. Yeah, 11-year time for the game starts another, like, three-ish hours or so by the time the game finishes. No, no, no! You can't shake your head. That's, that's we got nothing better to do. Oh, bro! We, by the time the game ends, we're gonna have to leave in like four hours. Exactly. So, sleep that's on the plane, baby. That is the life of the East Coast. So when you say they don't watch enough of the West Coast, you might feel their pain just a little bit. But let's go ahead and it's talk about that game against. It's the Conference of Champions, Connor. <laughs> oh, we gave us that title. That's right. We gave us that title. Um, I actually really quick. I heard a, I saw a stat today or something like that. It's it's, it, it's not so much that it's not like out there, but it was talking about the relevance of the Pac-12 in terms of basketball over like the last thirty years. And it was Final Four appearances from schools that aren't uh, UCLA or U of A. And I think it was two, one by Oregon, okay. and I think one by Stanford in the last thirty years. Way so, to cherry pick. Way to cherry pick. That's not cherry picking. That's take away that's our three two decades. best schools. Take away our two best schools. No, they're talking about how dominant those other two schools are and how it's everybody else in the Pac-12. That was the point of the stat. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to talk about one of the schools we did not just mention, but we're talking about the game against USC for the second time this season uh, coming up in the last part of the podcast. But we are going to talk to you guys about one of our favorite friends here on the Locked on Senables podcast, and that's going to be Built Bar. If you don't know what Built Bar is, well, it's a new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you're including a Built Bar in your plan. Now, Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and maybe even a little bit better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolutions because it tastes so good, you're going to want to eat it. 
unlike other protein bars, which can be a little bit chalky, waxy, or even taste a bit like a chemical spill, right? You want to eat healthy, but sometimes it just, it tastes so boring. And by like week three, you might be thinking this, this just isn't worth it. Where is my chocolate? Now, here's the thing. Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. And if you look on the back, most of their uh, protein bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of pro uh, protein. So compare that to any candy bar that you're eating instead, which usually has around like 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Those aren't even comparable. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many flavors to choose from, from coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com to see what is new on their website. Again, go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. General, let's get into this second time around against USC. We had played them uh, literally two games ago, right? We have a five-game stretch against five uh, top 25 teams in the nation. USC does seem to be falling off a little bit as of late with a whopping three losses this season. I will say really quickly before we get into the game, uh, I had a coworker uh, message me this. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm still talking about the game. Do you know what the, the spread is for this game? ASU's without looking. Without um, looking. Considering USC won by <clears throat> over 20 points. Probably over 20 points. I'm not joking right now. I've already put money on this for this game. I'm not going to say whether I took ASU or, or USC to cover. USC is favored by minus uh, five and a half. Um, if, uh, if that was this morning, were, as of this morning, if somebody were to want you to place a bet, where could they reach you at? Since, since uh, Alabama does not have legal sports gambling, <laughs> uh, you do have my phone number and that, that <laughs> might be good enough. Um, okay. but I'll check it might be something like a online. You can go to bet online, but if you're like telling me to place your bet and you Venmo me 20 bucks, I might just pocket that 20 bucks and say, man, they didn't cover. Trust me. They didn't, Smart. they didn't cover. I don't know what to tell you. Um, don't, don't but I was telling, I, I was telling Richie earlier in the week, I said, Hey man, like if it's, if it's anywhere close to like, uh, I, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 point spread, I'd be interested in taking ASU to cover in the first half because of how well they seem to have played over the last, uh, I don't know, X amount of games that they just exactly. seem to play first so well half. in that first half and run out of gas in that second half. But if it's going to be like a ASU to cover like plus three and a half or something like that, four and a half, I might not be as into it. But I did throw some money on this game. I am cheering for one of these teams, and they are wearing like a maroonish kind of color. I'll leave it at that. Um, but let's get into the second game against USC. One of those games, again, they had played well in the first half. I, I want to say they were down maybe, I don't know, six six to eight or something in the first half of that game. Uh, but But competitive. Right. And in the second half, they just got absolutely dominated by like 15 plus uh, and ended up losing by about 22 points overall. Isaiah Mobley, dude, is just an absolute monster on their team. Leads them in points, rebounds, assists and steals. It, it's not even so much a, if you can stop him, you can you can maybe get to USC. But obviously, the offense does run through Mobley as well as maybe some other solid players they have on their team, including Boogie Ellis, Chavez Goodwin and Drew Peterson. But Mobley is uh, an absolute force to be reckoned with. And I'm not sure if you can at least try to contain him, how you can even compete with USC. Yeah. And we're, we're talking about a USC team that scored 47 points on Arizona state in the second <laughs> half alone, um, which is just absolutely insane uh, considering 
the first half where it looked like Arizona State was pretty controlled for a very good portion of the first half. But, you know, basketball is a 48-minute game. Um, sorry, 40-minute game, in the, at least in the uh, college basketball atmosphere. So uh, definitely a tell of two halves for Arizona State, Arizona State, excuse me, but when hasn't it been, right? I mean, I feel like almost every game, the Sun Devils either get out to a very bad start and then kind of pick up their slack over the course of the second half or to get out to a very, very hot start like they did against Arizona and then it kind of just slowly decay and you know, the better team eventually rises to the crop, cream of the crop, excuse me. Um, that's probably going to be the, the case again. I know Jalen Graham has been stepping up, you know, recently for Arizona State. Um, DJ Horn is by and you know far away the, the best shooter ASU uh, probably has had in a while. I, I don't remember watching a guy who can just like shoot from all over the floor like he can. But is it going to be enough to beat USC? They're playing at home, but like the Desert Financial Arena doesn't like scream like home court advantage to me at all. Whenever I think of ASU playing there. Um, I absolutely have USC having the advantage here, and I fully expect them to win. Yeah, unfortunately, it just feels like Arizona State is second half of his career, Conor McGregor, where just total full send for that first half and then completely drained after that and just easy to take down. So not prime Conor McGregor, but post-prime where he just he gets gassed. That feels like Arizona State right now is – they come out so good. They're looking good. Like like Connor said, like if you had that spread to cover the first half, oh, dude, you put a house payment on it. But the second half, let, let me take the opponent to cover. And then look at that. I Suddenly I have three house payments. Donnie, I, I don't know about you, but like maybe Vegas <clears throat> knows something we don't know. Uh, for essentially for, for them to only be uh, five and a half point favorites as of right now, maybe playing a desert financial is that huge home uh, home court advantage that they're needing because when I looked at that spread this morning, I had to do a double take. Um, as of right now, I knew the spread as of last night was like minus six and a half. So it's moved uh, a little bit in ASU's favor for some reason. I'm not familiar with any USC players that are going to be out tonight. And as far as I know, Marcus Bagley is not getting an entirely new lower body to be able to come back and is going to lead this team to victory. But uh, Donnie, maybe give us uh, your thoughts for kind of the last part of the podcast here. Um, the, the second half collapse... I don't necessarily know if it's so much about trying to place the proper blame. DJ Horn is playing absolutely out of his mind for this team as of right now, but it just feels like they don't have enough behind him, right? It's not like you need three or four DJ Horns to be competitive, but that being said, you're not getting a ton of consistency uh, consistency uh, out of anybody else in the scoring department. Kamani Lawrence has been solid as an all around basketball player and has proven he can score uh, just not uh, again, consistently enough Jalen Graham as of late. That's great, but it just doesn't feel like it's after Horn taking your bet on who's going to be the second leading scorer, it feels like Russian roulette in a sense. And it doesn't, it's, it's not very fun. So uh, do you feel like they have enough depth behind DJ Horn at all? Or is that just a major issue for them? I think the second half collapses can be attributed to a couple of different things. One, you already pointed out the lack of depth. I mean, uh, the, the rotations uh, that Arizona state uses are not very, very um, extensive just in terms of who touches the court exactly when um, I also feel like the lack of adjustments at halftime, I also play a part in that. I mean, you know, Bobby Hurley, you, we've seen Arizona State, like you already said, jump out to very, very high starts coming, you know, out of the, the first whistle in the basketball game. Whenever teams go into halftime, though, we've already established that they look like two different teams. So, um, you know, it, it might be the other coach, you know, making those sound adjustments and kind of, you know, beating Hurley whenever it comes to X's and O's. It could possibly be that. You also have to take into account the conditioning as well. I mean, these guys have not yeah. played a lot of basketball games. You know, a lot of the team – either tested positive for COVID or were in the, the 
COVID protocols. And uh, whenever we spoke to Bobby Hurley a couple of weeks ago, after everybody had cleared the COVID hurdles, he admitted that, you know, it was going to take some time for them to get their conditioning back in while they were already trying to work their way back to like full playing, you know, conditioning levels. It was going to take, you know, probably a little bit of time, maybe a couple of games for them to really get their breath back underneath them. Yeah. And I think it could be tough enough not playing basketball games alone. Right. So obviously a lot of the games, whether it was some of the, the California teams that had to cancel or reschedule due to COVID uh, now ASU players actually getting COVID. So, I mean, that's multiple factors now of why they might be struggling a little bit, but Donnie, I, I think you said it best. It could be essentially a number of factors there. Who knows, but can ASU finally put together a, a full complete game against the quality opponents? We've seen it this year, just maybe not against like a, a top 25 team. Right. Um, Donnie, I'll, I'll let you in on this. Richie had bet the over on 0.5 wins in this five-game stretch. I'm going to bring it up every day until the the, the, the stretch it's is over. It's going to happen. It's There's three happen. games left. Are you taking the over-under on 0.5? <clears throat> you can't go any lower than that. I'll take the under. Uh, this this three-game stretch <laughs> is uh, a, a Goliath slate whenever you talk about playing. Call uh, us David. Call us David. Yeah, they're, they're not looking like David, bud. We are David. Um, it's not David. It's not enough. <laughs> David. I mean, the, the three-game stretch they have where they're playing USC at home. All of these games are at home, actually, so I don't even need to say that. Playing USC on Thursday, playing UCLA on Saturday, and then playing Arizona like, on Monday. Within five days. Those, the, that's a stretch. Like, if the, yep. the, we will really see. I'm not even looking for wins at this point. I just want to make sure that these guys are at very, very worst competitive until, like, the last moments of the game. Because I think that this is a really good measuring stick to where this team is at. And if people should have any sort of hope for these guys heading into the Pac-12 tournament, I mean, if you can put up fights against all three of these teams, and, you know, I'm more willing to kind of accept that, you know, maybe you can put together a run in the conference tournament. But, I mean, if they just lay down a rollover for these guys – why play the rest of the season at that point, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll go ahead. I have a gentleman's bet with Connor. I'll make a gentleman's bet with you as well. For the half win? A- ASU's getting nor- or, uh, over half win. And this three-game stretch? Yes. Can we, can we make it a regular bet? What do you want to do? <laughs> Chipotle. Chipotle. Yeah. All right. Chipotle. Chipotle bet right here. Yep. Uh, Connor I, still I mean, owes me in and out, so. Dude, with the way that the the spread is tonight, like Vegas, Vegas scares the hell out of me. Seriously, like when I think, oh, this is free month. What's the spread? Like, I, I feel like they, I know sports, do, and Vegas, Vegas just makes me feel so dumb sometimes. They they do know what they're talking about. So whenever you do right. see like a line, right, it, it kind of does make you wonder. But some things do slip through the cracks, and that's where betters have to take advantage of it. An example: the very very small uh, spread for tonight's game. Maybe it's because Vegas doesn't care about the Conference of Champions. How dare they? Maybe it's because this game is being played uh, in about a billion hours from now, uh, PM uh, Eastern time. So who, who knows? But we'll see how this goes. Uh, definitely looking forward to one of these teams in gold winning by seven or losing by no less than seven. Uh, actually, I, I I bet at five and a half. I take that back, six. Um, but we'll see where it goes. Hopefully they can at, at least get a win over these next three games, right? If not even to prove it to the fans, but prove it to themselves. They're playing their hearts out. They really are. And you can see it on the defensive side of the ball. Hopefully they can come out and shoot a little bit better as a whole because they haven't, it's not been their strength this year, but it's going to take one great night for them to be able to beat a team like this. Maybe tonight is the night to get that done. So with that, we're going to go ahead and close down the podcast for you guys today. Thank you so much for making Locked On Sentinels your first listen every single day. Remember, you can follow all of us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios. You can find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36. 
You can find Donnie Druin at Donnie Druin. Super hard to remember there. Uh, make sure to give us all a, a follow. Really, really difficult. Uh, but make sure to give us all a follow. It, it just If you are interested in anything Sun Devils related, um, specifically to their sports, we're giving you guys the best kind of content that you can find out there on the internet. Uh, so we're giving that to you guys free of charge, except you have to listen to our podcast. I'm very, very sorry about that. Uh, but uh, again, thank you so much for making us your first listen. Now make sure to make your second listen of the day. Locked on Bets are going to be your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available wherever else you get your podcast. You are listening to the Locked on Sunnables Podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.